Bubba Booey. Bubba Booey. How goes it, Andrew? Good, good. Long weekend. Very long weekend. How was your Thanksgiving? I feel like sometimes that like Thanksgiving is supposed to be like a refreshing vacation, but though it's super fun, I'm exhausted. It's like you're working hard to have fun. Yep. Yep. That's how a lot of holiday vacations are. They can become very tiring. It's like you wake up and then you have to, you have, you know, family in town. So you got to be like, all right, let's go do some stuff. Let's go have some fun. So it's almost like a full-time job of just doing things and being entertaining and being entertained. And so I'm really tired right now. So oh, yeah. I did my best. Can't tell at all by that big yawn that just went into the microphone. <laughs> it's for the audience to know that I'm a sleepy lad and that I'm tired, but we're here and we're going to talk about some good stuff today. How is hunting? I'm eating tag soup this year, so not too happy about that. So if you keep your tag, you have to eat it? <laughs> yes. That would that would be the origination. You have to make soup with it at least. So <laughs> 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 Yeah, tag soup's never fun, but I know there's a lot of other hunters out there in the same position this year. The takes seem to be down. It, it was just a weird year. Like usually, at least when I'm sitting out there, I get to watch squirrels and birds and stuff. But I wasn't seeing even that. It was it was really odd. I feel like the weather's been a little bit weird this year with the super nino, and so it's like I feel like maybe the animals are like timing is a little bit confused where they don't know when to start rooting or. Because, I mean, today it's really cold, which is great. I mean, that, but that's usually when the deer start getting super active, trying to get ready. Yeah, I mean, a little bit. I feel like there is abundance of food sources this year, too. <clears throat> There's acorns all over the place. There's a lot of corn still standing, which is never... Munton food. Yeah, and a good hiding place. So that, a lot of variables go into it. But, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a disappointing year. I had a lot of fun bow hunting. You know, I saw a lot then, so I was really excited to come into gun season and just didn't, couldn't get it done. So. I knew like a lot of people that were out hunting and I saw maybe, let's say I know conservatively 10 people who are out. I only saw like two of them made a yeah. hunt and a lot of them said they didn't even see anything either. Yeah, it just wasn't a, wasn't, <clears throat> a, wasn't a great year. That's why they call it hunting, not killing, am I right? Exactly, exactly. In fact, I use that line quite a bit. Yep. <laughs> But yes, yeah, so you're up there with the lads. Kept losing at cribbage. Fun. That was that was a fun two nights of never winning a game of cribbage. So I couldn't get a deer, and I couldn't win a game of cribbage either. <laughs> Ain't that uh, just the way? Yeah, Jason got the better of me over the two nights of playing cribbage. So it was uh, that was disappointing as well, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had a, I had some fun yesterday. I went to the Admirals game, Ooh. which I like to do, and uh, Admirals won nice in overtime. Like, they were down, they got up, they got up in the last second, and over time, they won in, like, the first eight seconds. They just, like, snag puck, pass, shot, game. Nice. And I was like, all right, all right. I haven't been to an Admirals game, <clears throat> well, since before my daughter was born. Uh, Didn't you used to have, like, season tickets? Yeah, Olivia and I were season ticket holders, and then the kiddo came along, and that would be a lot of babysitters, because they play, like, 40 home games. You can bring the kid. Yeah. Soonish, probably, more easy. Yeah, once she's a little bit older, then we'll... We'll start working on that kind of stuff, but I don't know how well she'd sit through an Admirals game right now. Yeah, I mean, a lot of cowbell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There would be a lot of that going on. And, you know, season tickets where we were sitting weren't necessarily cheap, so 
I'd rather hold off till she's a little older and can appreciate it more. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you can still go to a game randomly, too. They're not expensive tickets for just going to one or two games a year. No, they're not. They're not. It's just, you know, we tax we tax our babysitters pretty hard family-wise, so uh, mm-hmm. don't want to don't wanna push that too much. So. All righty. You'll find out about all that soon. I don't want to think about it. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, you ready to kick this episode yeah, off? Yeah, let's a get started. Great episode today. We're going to talk about... Uh, Prepping for our years in office, so beep-a-dee-doop-boop, boop-boop. Loosen up your ties and roll up your sleeves. It's time for Fellowship with Matt and Andrew. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are not necessarily the views and opinions of the Grand Lodge of Wisconsin or any other Grand Lodge or any appended body. All right, worshipful master elect. Oh, you're gonna you're, no. Well, hold on, we're gonna we're gonna flip this, <laughs> junior warden elect. <laughs> Partially because I know some of the stuff you've been doing to get ready, and it's kind of exciting. So, what have you been doing to get ready uh, for your year in the south? It's going to be nice in the south this year. A lot of light coming from the south. Um, hopefully, if everything goes according to plan. You know, I've had a lot of good mentors coming up through the line, so I've been taking a lot of strategies that I've learned along the way. One of the strategies was what I learned from you, setting our menu at the start of the year and aligning with the stewards. So had a fun. it's always a fun creative time to go through every month and go, what do we want? What do we want? And so this year I'm doing a um, wiener themed year and it's gonna be <laughs> lots of sausages sausages and wieners and hot dogs and those type of things but not it's, it's a joke but it's not a joke right these are gonna be good eats so we're gonna be doing a lot of good foods <clears throat> we're gonna be doing like various we're doing like a state fair night where we're gonna have like corn dogs which i know you don't like but you'll be fine cheese curds various things so we got the whole menu put together with the team I'm starting to load them all into like a cookbook, more or less, um, nice. so that like we can have some posterity. I thought it was a cool idea to have like a shared junior warden's archive of their year. And I've been going through and doing all of the like totals for how much I need for 30 people. So it's all shopping lists laid out and all that kind of good stuff. Right on. Yeah, no, I got to go back and do that from my year. That was a, I think that's a great idea to have on the Google Drive. I also think it's a great idea, obviously, since I, it's how I handled my year in the South, to put together your menu, especially if you're going to be cooking, to have that menu available so you can look at it, you know what has to get done for that particular meal or the next month's meal, not scrambling the night before going, what am I going to cook tomorrow? Yep. And it, honestly, like, it, I feel like the planning of this this early can make it less anxious and more fun because it's fun to cook in the kitchen, but it's not fun to scramble to like figure out what you need, what you want to do. So like, you know, having it all laid out and especially I'm putting the shopping list together so that I can just plug and play. Right. <laughs> well, and that worked really well. And I, I think part of where we can align on that too is we were in the kitchen together the year I did that because mm-hmm. you were a senior steward. So we've seen it in action and we know it works well. So it was an obvious choice for you to incorporate that into this year. Well, and I think that kind of a pays tribute to why the progressive line can be a helpful tool. I know there's pros and cons to it, but one of the pros is, is that 
when you're going through the steward, you're learning from your wardens to hopefully take some tactics that you can bring into when you kind of ascend to that, you know, that level of authority and responsibility. And within that, like, you know, it's helpful to learn those leadership skills and different styles from other people and take what works, leave what doesn't, learn the good lessons. And, you know, if there were parts that you were frustrated with, trying to improve upon that and, you know, kind of going with both. It's almost like you could say the stewards are apprentices. <laughs> almost like you could say the stewards are apprentices in the line. The deacons are fellow crafts. And mm. uh, once you're up to the warden, areas you're you're kind of starting to become a master there you well know. you're actually overseering things right right yeah <laughs> and it's uh hmm wonder where where we've heard all that before yeah, i don't know it seems familiar it's crazy how the line kind of just aligns itself into that and the movement of the chairs around the room you know just give you an opportunity to well you start out learning from the junior warden right and who's first coming into his real leadership role. And then you're over with the senior, uh, senior warden, who's now kind of in his second leadership role mm -hmm. with different tasks, you know, and then senior deacons, your, your last year to get ready for being up in those chairs. I mean, I feel like my senior deacon year, I was already starting to think about my junior warden year and what I wanted to do. And then by the time I was in, in the South, I was already starting to think about the year in the East, if I made it, mm -hmm. you know, and trying to figure out what that was going to look like. And I, I think that's just solid advice for anybody is at least be looking the chair ahead of where you're at. If you're, if you're planning or hoping to <clears throat> advance in the chairs, get, get ready for that. Take tips and tricks, learn as much as you can from the people who've done it, whether <clears throat> they did it good or bad, you can still learn from them. Right. Yep. And at the same time, like I've always had on my phone, a Google drive that's called Worshipful Master Ideas. Ever since I joined the line and, you know, you don't know if you're going to always make it, but generally, as long as you continue to do a good job, you probably will. Right. And so just to take down those spur of the moment ideas, like, oh, I think we should do this. Oh, maybe we should do that. Just to have a list of ideas so that when, you know, suddenly, you know, years later, you're not scrambling to remember, like, what did I want to, what was I thinking about again? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I've been doing that in the notes app on my phone. Just anytime something pops into my head or somebody says something that I think is a good idea that could be adapted for use, like, yep, I mean, just plug that in over here. You know, it's a, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of planning. And mm -hmm. obviously it takes a long time to get through the chairs, but I think it does for a reason. And I think that reason's good. You're really, you're really learning how to become, you're learning how to follow it first and then learning how to lead later. Yeah, and it works really, really well when done correctly. And, and you know, if you have the luck of having a strong officer's line, it can be helpful too, where things kind of all are firing on all gears <clears> or <throat> on the cylinders. Yeah. And um, I'm actually really excited because, you know, I was basically in the kitchen for three years, technically, even though yeah. part of the year was COVID. So, you know, we were out, but we were still doing like to-go meals and things like that here and right. there. So, you know, from being steward to steward again, to senior steward deacon, because I had to fill in as deacon too. Yep. You know, then this year I was, there's the first year that I wasn't in the kitchen. I was like, oh, I miss cooking. I just want to get back. You know, we did cook a couple meals this year. We did. We did. We had a lot of fun in the kitchen too, though. We had a lot of fun in the kitchen. I love cooking in the kitchen. And I like that my two stewards, Ethan, the one going in was my mentee. So that's fun. So, you know, we've already 
know each other really well. So it'll be fun to work with him in an officer's capacity, even though, you know, last year he was doing counselor and we were kind of, I was helping him a little bit with that, but kind of, he really stood like stepped up and really did a really good job, took charge of that. And, you know, you know, had a really organized year as a counselor. Oh, very, very much so. He did a great job making sure that there was a monthly education stated and just with the with our you know up and coming EAs and FCs and new MMs, he was he was just always on the ball. I do want to kick it back to something that I know you're going to do as junior warden that I thought was a great idea, and that is uh, what you're planning on doing with your stewards. Oh, uh, so when I was talking with my stewards, we're going through a year, and I was kind of going through expectations and stuff. They were kind of you know. They're excited to be cooking too. They have a, you know, they have cooking hearts just like I do. They want to get stuff. So I decided to give them a meal to be in charge of. One, just one a piece per the year. One gives me a little bit of break, but two gives them a little bit of extra experience. So I let them pick two events that or two meals that they seemed interested in doing. Say on this event, you know, I'll have it all laid out for you, but you're going to take the charge. You're going to do the shopping and, you know, I'll be supporting you throughout the meal, but it gives them the opportunity to start getting their feet wet a little bit so that when, you know, their year does come doing the kitchen, you know, they have a little more experience. Yeah. No, I, I actually, I absolutely love that idea. Yeah. I think, I think that was really smart. I think that'll be a good experience for them to actually be in charge of a meal for a stated and see how all that works. I mean, yeah, they're a few years out from the South yet, but now's the time to get that experience. You'll remember it later. Well, and I, you know, I had it happen just per chance where like the, something happens and the warden, you know, can't make it. And then they're like, Hey man, can you help me out on this one? I th- I think that that could potentially happen on another one too, but I like to have two that are set in stone. Right. Right. You know, and I, I agree. And that is, that is a benefit too, is if they've made it through that month already that they were in charge of, and then boom, something happens and you, you're deathly sick and you can't be at stated, then, you know, they have the experience and the know-how and are able to just run with it rather than, you know, having to grab somebody else to make sure that they can help them get it done and stuff. They're, they're just outside of getting in the building, they'll have the ability to do it themselves. And I think it helps build confidence. I mean, these boys have been getting, I mean, I remember when they first came in, their confidence has been building meeting after meeting, I swear. Yep. Sure. They're finding their voice too, being like, you know, I have some ideas. I have things I want to offer. And, you know, we incorporate them when we can and we work with them. And so they're building that leadership confidence that they're going to need down the road when, you know, more responsibility is given to them, too. Well, and it's it's actually perfect, you know, and it's almost the perfect scenario for it because we're talking about a guy that's in his late 20s and a guy that's in his mid 30s. So, like, we're talking about two young guys <clears throat> joining the line that may not have had much in the ways of leadership experience, depending on what they did maybe through like high school or something like that, you know, or other organizations they were potentially parts of before this, but they might not really have that experience. They may have never had to try to cook for 30 people. And I I think it's critical that, you know, especially for those younger guys who are building in confidence that we keep building that confidence that they know that they can accomplish this kind of stuff and learn the ins and outs of accomplishing it to just continue to build that confidence as they go through the line so that, you know, by the time they 
eventually, if they go all the way through, make it to the East, they're confident in their abilities, they're confident in everything they need to get done, and they understand how to lay out a good plan and execute. Yeah, and I, I think it's helpful too. It kind of helps align with how I like to lead. And it is, I don't like to be like, I'm I'm in charge if we're just doing it my way or the highway. I like to make it very collaborative. So I like to be like, you know, ultimately I'm going to be the one who's going to have to make the decisions here. But we're going to have conversations. We're a team. We're not, you're not my uh, subordinates who I'm just ordering around. We're working as a team to achieve a goal. And when you give them that confidence and the ability to have a personal relationship with that goal by giving them some responsibility, it can really help you know, motivate them to be like, this isn't Andrew's thing. This is our thing. We're a team. We're going through this together. Even though I was the one leading the menu, that's part of the fun of my role. And they can start thinking about what they want to do for their menus when the time comes up. But even though it's my menu, I had them pick all the sides. Be like, hey, this isn't just, I'm not going to railroad the whole thing. Like, right. we're going to talk about it together because this is our year for all three of us to work together. Right, right. And I, I would agree with you that leadership, as like more of a collaborative style works really well. I, I I do think you need both. At times, there's times where it's just got to be like, look, this is how we're doing it. It's got to get done. And this is what we're going to do and how we're <clears> going to do it. At other times, yeah, having that personal buy-in of everybody and continuing to understand that it's a team because this is always a team is great, you know. And I I've tried to embody both sides of the fence in the appropriate situations. I think I think that's actually the hard part is to figure out when leadership as a collaboration is appropriate and when leadership as a no, this is the way we're going to do it and it's going to get it's got to get done is the you know the my way or the highway approach is the appropriate. I would say more often than not the collaborative solution is the better solution. But there is that time and place. Well, and a lot of times the, I've found that the collaborative solution is in the planning. Right. And then in the execution, you're like, nope, I don't care. We're doing it my way. Like now it's it's that controlled chaos moment where you're like, now we're going. We already deliberated. You know, I right. heard your point. You heard my point. I made a decision. We're going forward. With it. Right. Just right. like so. Well, yeah. And at the end of the day, that that is your role, right, is to be the ultimate decision maker. And you're, not every decision is always going to make everybody happy, but you have to, you have to just you know take the points and counterpoints and weigh them out and make the decision. <clears throat> like that's you can't be the one him hawing it, going, "Well, I can see both sides," and maybe you can see both sides, but ultimately you got to make the decision. The leader's job is to be the arbitrator between the lodges' ideas. And I do think it's important not to be like, he never listens to anyone. He never opens up to the floor. I think it's important as a leader to hear the opposing sides, yep. take the information, consolidate it in your mind, and go, well, I know both the, the risks, I know the concerns, but we are doing this. That's why I'm the leader. I am making the decision. Right. And you know, you'll never have a perfect decision. Right. You'll never have a perfect decision. And guess what? You'll make the wrong decision sometimes. And you need to own up the to it when you do, you know, sometimes it's hindsight 2022. Sometimes right. it was the right decision and it didn't have the desired result, but maybe it was the best thing you could have done at the time. Anyways, right. exactly. And, you know, maybe, having the grace to give a leader. Yeah. Maybe you were put in between a rock and a hard place and neither decision was really optimal, right? Or, or neither choice was really optimal. But I think it's important that if you do 
clearly make the wrong decision later down the road. You own up to it. You can't be like, well, I had to make a decision, so I made a decision, and that's that. Like, no, okay, I had to make a decision, but, yeah, I, it looks like I made the wrong one. Oopsies. So, sorry about that. Let's move on from it. But it, that that personal responsibility as a leader, I feel like, is very important. Like, when you do something right, great. You can go ahead and give yourself a pat on the back in private and, you know, move on with your day. If you make the wrong decision, I feel like you kind of got to own up to it. And, yep. you know, if somebody says to you, hey, I think you screwed up there, you go, cool. yep, I think I screwed up there too, you know, and, yep. and eat it. Don't try to – when you know you're in the wrong, don't try to defend it. Or know? try to pretend it was not in the wrong or blame someone else for it too. Right, right, yeah. The ha- the crown – or sorry, the top hat weighs heavy on the master yeah. because at the end of the day – even if it might have been someone else's fault, a lot of the blame is going to come back on you because you're the leader. Right. And that's kind of like, that's the cross you bear. You make the decisions, but you also deal with a lot of the fallout. I mean, that's why quarterbacks are universally, you know, people get mad at them when, you know, someone else messed up the play and they're like, but you're the playmaker. Like, yep. so we're going to blame you. And so that can well, that receiver wasn't where he was supposed to be. Well, yeah, that's also the receiver's fault, but you... Also shouldn't have thrown the ball to where he wasn't. <laughs> Maybe don't put the ball in the other team's hands. How's that right. sound? Right. Yeah. So um, you're going to be going in as worshipful master. Yeah. How's planning going? Uh, well, I've seen some of your stuff coming out. It looks good. You sent a letter out, which was cool. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I've tried to do a few things. You know I've been, I've been kind of prepping for this since I've been in the South. You've seen some of what's gone into that and me getting ready. And it's been a full year as senior warden. You know, I always heard everybody say, well, senior warden's like your down year, so you can get ready for your, you know, your year in the East. And let me tell you what, just because you're getting ready for your year in the East does not mean it's a down year. And I think I started to try to do things a little different than some other senior wardens. Let's be honest. You get one year in the East. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes do, but you can't sometimes guarantee it. Sometimes do, right. But for the most part, you get one year in the East. Not everything you want to accomplish is necessarily something that's accomplishable within a year or something, you know, you might have stuff on your list of ideas that would be beneficial to the lodge. Why are you holding out on doing them until you're in the East? Mm-hmm. Start, start working on that stuff now, like the open house, for example. Like, yep. let's get that done on the books this year i you know i headed up the committee because it was kind of my baby but now next year i get to pass that off and watch it grow Mm -hmm. rather than implementing it my year in the east and then having to deal with trying to get this new event off the ground at the same time that i'm in the east you know and i think i've kind of taken this attitude of if i think it's going to benefit the lodge why am i not starting to execute it now or put it up to the master, to, right? Or put it up to the or the officers to make it start right, a reality, right? And well, and obviously, you know, I I spoke with Grant about everything that you know I was going to try to put in place this year to get ready for next year, and he was aware of it and knew it. And you know, we had our officer meeting early, like a week after elections, so that we can hit the ground running right away after installation. Everybody knows what their expectations are. Everybody has a plan of you know a list of events and a calendar and understands what's going on for the year and what they're expected to be at and like you mentioned i sent out a letter to every member of the lodge introducing myself 
and then telling them what we had going on this year and what I was, you know, the direction and culture I feel like we built at this lodge that we want to continue. And included with that on the second page was a list of every major calendar event for the year. So people can just hang it on their fridge. Easy so peasy. Between email blast, that list you got in the mail, our lodge page, Facebook, Facebook, listening to it on a podcast, reading events for right. everybody. There's so many different places to see the events that are going on now that I I don't feel like somebody could go. Well, I didn't know that was going on, unless you know they worked really hard at it. Right, right. <laughs> unless they worked really hard at avoiding information, um, just to write the shutter, like the shredder. Just like I'm not looking at it. Right, I'm not looking at this letter. Whatever. But, you know, so I did stuff like that. You know, I'm doing my installation a little bit different. So that script took a, a lot of a lot of working on. I stayed really busy as senior board. And, and I think that was good because I didn't want to didn't want to let my foot off the gas. You know, mm-hmm. junior warning year is all go, 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 go between your stated meals and your large events and making sure you have snacks and drinks and stuff at degree nights. Uh, you're, you're like going like you're you're full go. And then all of a sudden, wait, I'm supposed to rein that back senior senior warden year? Like, no, no, I still want to be, I'm still in full go mode and I want to carry full go mode into my worshipful year. So if I slow down now, it's going to be hard to get that momentum back, right? So I went into it with this attitude of, we're, gonna, we're just going to keep going. I mean, obviously this year I continued what Grant did during his senior warden year, which was sending out the birthday cards. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just time-consuming in and of itself when you have 200 people who you have to (laughs) send out a birthday card to, you know, five days before their birthday and bringing all the cards to the stated meetings to have all the Lodge brothers sign them and everything else. I mean, that's it's not a hard task, but it certainly is like time-consuming and something you have to have on your brain every day because you got to check that birthday list and see which cards have to go out that day. And then, you know, you might get five days where you don't have to send one out, but on day six, you got to remember that you got to send that one out, you know? So um, I just felt like I needed to keep moving this year. So I kept finding stuff to keep me moving so that I could carry the momentum I feel like we have built as Lodge in the next year still. And I, 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 I have an aggressive calendar for next year. I understand that. Fun. We have a lot of young guys, though. So I, I felt like we could go with an aggressive calendar because we have a, a lot of guys that are hungry, that want more, that want to be doing more. And I felt like the timing was right to go with a really aggressive calendar. Now, if I'm wrong... We can always take a couple events off the calendar later on, right? But I felt like that was what these guys want. Well, and I mean, some of the events that we were putting on aren't like, we don't need them to have a massive turnout. If we want to go play Lux Golf, we could have 10 guys and just have a great time and a good hangout. And it can be big and it can be small and it can still be beneficial for those who want to do axe throwing and they want to do Lux Golf and some of our fun events too. Right. And, you know, those are nice because it's really just, hey, if you're interested, we're going to have some guys going to hang out, and that's causing fun. Yeah, right. And there's there's really no commitment level, and like I told everybody, you don't have to come to everything, but it'd be nice to see you sometimes, right? The officers I gave a little bit different of a message to, but the general membership, I said, you don't have to be at everything, but it 
it'd be nice to see you show up at something and we got a whole lot of stuff going on for you. You know, starting with that rusty nail degree, which I, I think is hopefully going to have a nice big turnout so that we can get some of these guys who are maybe haven't sat in lodge in 10 years and they're like, I don't remember anything and I don't want to make a fool out of myself and get them to come back and sit in lodge. I think yeah. that's going to be on January 11th. Correct. Right? Dinner yeah. at six. We'll open. So the plan for it is we'll open lodge at seven or I might get the officers in there a couple minutes before seven to start opening. We're going to leave everybody who's here to go through the rusty nail out and then we'll, we'll bring them in and do the order of the rusty nail. Yep. Very fun. So, I need to start studying. Oh my God. Um, yeah, I got so a little time, I, but it's yeah. actually, I looked at it. It's not terribly. No, lengthy. I mean, it's, it's nothing you wouldn't need to know for other stuff. So, yep. and same, nice. same for me with it, which will be fun. We got a bunch of different guys involved in it. I'm, I'm really looking forward to putting that one on. That's, that's one of my big things that I'm excited about. The other thing that I felt like as worshipful master I should be doing is I felt like I should be working like right away. Like I am very much going to be a working worshipful master. I'm, you know, I have some ideas, but I'm more of, more of a, all right, here's my idea. If you want to try to execute it, great. But I'm also going to just be in the quarries with you. You know, I'll put the design on the trestle board and I'll be in the quarry. And uh, so that being said, you know, installation, I'm going to get installed first and then I'm installing the rest of you guys, much like past Grandmaster Paul Torville did. I really liked his message when he did that. And then I'm going to be here every Thursday, regardless of whether we have something going on or not. And I'm going to be available to everybody so that, you know, if they want to learn a new part or practice something or whatever, mm-hmm. even just talk to my sonic philosophy or just talk about their personal life, you know, or just get out of the house. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll be here, you know, every, every Thursday and let almost every Thursday, there's going to be like two that I can't make all year. Besides, I could probably sneak over, but you know, I think that's good to make yourself available, you know, come talk about concerns, come talk about life, come talk about, I want to learn this part. And if I don't know it, let me know ahead of time so I can get somebody here who does. But, you know, I think it's important as, as that person in that position to make, to allow everyone to understand that you are there for them and available for what they need. Like, yes, you're the ultimate decision maker. And yes, you're, you know, putting the designs on the trestle board for everybody to follow. But ultimately, we are a team and this is our lodge. And I am available to be that person that, you know, weighs everything, but I'm, I want you to come talk to me. I want you to bring questions and concerns to me. I want to make myself available to you so that you can learn and grow. I Um, think the open lodge thing is a good idea because it's kind of like, okay, if you sign up for a yoga class, it's usually weekly, every week, creates regularity. And if it was stated meetings, those are too formal to do every week. Right. Once a month's perfect. You're yep. going to do your business. You're going to do some education. Great. But it's nice to just have like open brother time where you're like, hey, guys, we're going to go hang out. We're going to do some rod work work a little bit there. And then I think we're gonna, maybe we'll all split a pizza and we'll right. eat, you know, hang out, talk about stuff. And like, I think it builds a sense of regularity where it's not 
required to be at every one of those. Right. But it's available if you're like, man, I'm bored. I want to get out of the house. I'm going to see what the brothers are doing in Lodge. Oh, we're doing rod work? Well, I'll polish that up a little bit and hang out. Right. Or I'll I'll help teach some of the new guys rod work, you know? And this isn't just for the officers. This is for anybody in Lodge, right? Like, so anybody can come and learn. And if the counselor's here doing posting work with candidates, other people can help with that if we're not doing something else. But we don't all have to be working on the same thing. We can divide and conquer if there's a bunch of us here and do a bunch of different stuff. Yep. Someone could just be sitting in the corner reading a book. Some other people could just be having sitting down at a table, just catching up, talking while other people are working stuff. It's just like free time, right. buildings unlocked. Right. You know, make it, you, it's just like, it's like a study hall. Do right. what you'd like with it. Do you want to hang out and talk with your friends? Go talk with your friends. You come and get some homework done? Go get some homework done. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. And that's why I <laughs> called it office hours is yep. what I ended up calling it. Cause that's, you know, that's from my perspective, for me, that's kind of what it is. It's like a, you know, Professor having office hours is the way I looked at it, except way more casual, obviously. But, you know, this way it's available for people if they want it or need it. I think it's a good tradition to at least test out. And I mean, honestly, if in the future we wanted to maintain it and maybe the master's like, hey, I can't do that time. Maybe a past master would be like, oh, I like to hang out on Thursdays. I'll open up the doors and hang out. So like, you know, right now it's you're spearheading it because it's your baby it's your idea and you're the master and that's part of your thing but some masters might be like you know i live you know 45 minutes away i really don't have a lot of time on every thursday you could always be like you know someone else able to come in and hang out and i think if people start regularly showing up you might see those people who are the regular people who hang out there be like oh i would have been there anyways i can open up and hang out and we can go through stuff right and yeah like i said this is something that could Last this year, not be not be very well attended, you know. I mean, sometimes office hours are going to turn into formal practices because, you know, Thursday nights aren't our night. That's the one night a week, you know, that people kind of should keep their calendars more free because we're doing degree nights and stuff. There yep. are degrees on those nights potentially and stuff like that. So, you know, there might be a degree going on during one of those. It won't always be office hours. Sometimes we might have a practice because we have a degree the next week. Sometimes we might be doing the degree, you know, and I tried to keep fifth Thursdays for social events so that we could, you know, because I have four fifth Thursdays. Yep, it's just a quarterly. Right, one I had to take, take advantage of those because typically we're only working with four, so the fifth one's kind of a free one, you know, to do some social events and stuff like that. And the nice thing about having all the events, too, is it means that, like, you know, if you're a non-officer and you're just a brother or you're someone who wants to visit, you can kind of pick and choose. You can be like, you know, I don't have to be at every event, but I would like to come to this one. So we try to get a a variety of types of events too to see if people are interested in just doing different things and building fellowship and right you know exactly. bonding with your brethren throw throw uh throw the noodle <clears throat> against the wall and see if it sticks so it's like half of planning an event is just throwing noodles at walls and seeing if they <laughs> stick it kind of is sometimes i mean you know i think prior to being prior to being in the east obviously i've got 9 days until installation but i think Part of what people should think about as they prepare to go into the East is, you know, maybe talk about your ideas to some people and stuff. But if you really feel like it's a good idea, run with it. What's what's the worst thing that can happen, right? It doesn't work. But, you know. I mean, that's why I was saying that we should treat our line like we're collaborative. Like, it's not like the master's the only one who comes with ideas. He already has his stuff that he's trying to figure out and maintain. So I found that if you go to the master, like, I have an idea. 
I want to, like, you were like, I want to do Mason's go to the fair. He's like, cool. You figure it out. You get the buy-in. And right. you could do it. <laughs> well, like, okay. that, that was the same thing with Ethan earlier, earlier, a uh, couple of months ago, came up to me and said, I think we should do an outing to Lux Gulf. I said, cool. You get to plan it. Yep. Hey, you, uh, I, yeah, I love doing that to people because that's how it always goes. <laughs> I remember a brother came up to me and he's like, why don't we have education on like etiquette and stuff? And I said, that sounds like a great education piece. I'd love you for you to write that on up for us. And yeah, I'll right. look forward to your presentation. Like good call. And he's like, no, no, I don't want to do it. I'm like, Hey, you know, <laughs> you're the one who wants something new, honestly, then you should be prepared to take the charge and get the help you need. I mean, obviously we're here to help if you right. need stuff on top, right. but it's nice to say, Hey, it's not like I'm putting the guy out on an island, but, you know, if if it's his idea, yeah, go run with it, you know. And very rare would I ever say no to somebody's idea because you're not going to know unless you try it, first of all. Second of all, you get to learn something if it fails. And if it succeeds, great. But if it fails, you get to learn some stuff and maybe you try it again, but you do it a little bit differently to try to shore that up and see if what you think went wrong goes better the next time. And for somebody who's like a senior steward or something like that, that's that's a great position to put them in. I'm here to support you and I'll help you figure out what needs to go into getting this event done. Then we'll look at it afterwards and go, what went right and what went wrong and what could we do better? Yep. And I mean, every event that someone wants to try doesn't have to be an annual event in a time immemorial or sorry, into the future. But there's no harm in being like, hey, if this is really popular, we could slide it next year. And especially if it's an event that doesn't like dip into our budget, you're like, hey, what's the harm? That's right. nice fun. Right. Well, and I think I think that's important. Yeah. I, I think you touched on something important there. I think sometimes everybody looks at like an event like, well, we could do that once, but why would we do it every year? You know, and not everything has to be an every year thing. You can do it once. It can be a one-off and everybody can have a good time and you do something else next year. And that also maybe keeps things fresh too. We, yep. you know, some events, yes, repeat. Mason's go to the fair. Easy choice. We're all going to Bristol and having a good time. Yep. You know, Spook Getty dinner, Burns dinner, stuff like that. Those are easily replicatable events that people will attend time after time. Right. And people look forward to year after year. Right. Exactly. And, you know, maybe something like going to first and bowl if we tried to do that would be like a one-time event because everybody was like yeah that was cool but it wasn't great okay or it could be like you know you're building a playbook of event options for future years and be like hey we went to lux golf this year we try and bowling this year and this year let's go back to lux golf because that was fun let's do this and that yep. you could really just build out the relationships and the planning tools with various fun events let's go to a milkman game let's do this to right. keep it spiced up with new things too because i do think that when it, every year is just like we're doing the same events the same events the same events you can get stagnant so it's kind of fun to be like you know i think i'm gonna throw in something a little different this year just to build you know some new experiences right it, agreed but it, you can't you can't just keep throwing more events on the calendar and keep all the events you have on the calendar already on there right so because eventually that calendar just gets way too full so when you can try out new events, try them out. And maybe it is a one-year event and nobody goes and does it again. But maybe it's not a one-year event and maybe it ends up replacing something else, you know. But talk about your ideas with people. 
don't just sit there in your head and go, no, nah, that's a that's a bad idea. I'm not even going to tell anybody about it. Eh, talk to somebody about it. Even if you have to workshop it a little bit, maybe it is a good idea. Yeah, it, I agree. And I, you know, I think it's important to remember just to keep it fresh, keep new ideas coming in and encourage brothers to continue to build the lodges of the future and, you know, make sure that events and the new things are fun, interesting and engaging so that we provide value in people's lodge life on top of our lessons and our allegories on the personal level that we actually have things that, you know, like that you look forward to. Right. Exactly. And, you know, it keeps masonry in your lodge members' minds. If you're doing stuff and you're active, and the more you get out in the community wearing shirts, wearing rings, wearing hats, whatever, the more people see us around and the more maybe people start asking questions. So I, I think it I think it serves multiple functions. You keep your membership engaged, which membership retention is a big deal, right? You gotta give them something of value to keep them around. So Outside of, you know, stated business meetings, let's let's give them something of value to keep them around, maybe even potentially bring them back. And let's also, you know, get ourselves out there to maybe attract new people to the fraternity. Yep. And get us out in the community and seen and doing fun stuff. Exactly. Cool. I so think uh, that's a good place to wrap it here. Maybe you want to hear a little bit of news? Um, let's do it. So, what's been going on around Wisconsin? The first news story I have today is District 2 has completed their Day of Light on November 4th, and they have raised, wait for it, 41 new Master Masons. a lot of new men a lot of new brothers so congratulations to all of our newest brethren coming to the fraternity it's awesome to have you please 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 take the extra time if you're a listener to really learn and try to process all that great information that you'd received at the day of light and uh, you know we look forward to seeing your Masonic career grow for sure that's up at Eau Claire right we're a little bit short on news, but we'll have a new journal coming out for probably the next episode, so we're just going to move right into events. So, we are at the end of the Masonic year. It's coming upon us quick. So, a lot of these events are just going to be installations. So, we're in installation season. It's upon us. So, today, if you're listening right now, Burlington Lodge tonight is having their Gentleman's Night. Oh, yeah. Which is a very fun event. It's great to see the Burlington boys... They're going to be doing beer tasting, a variety of fun things. It's for people over the age of 21. Uh, So if you're interested, please reach out to Burlington Lodge. December 9th, Lake Lodge 189 is having their installation of officers. And this is going to be a very fun night. Matt's got a lot of things in store over there. Well, fun afternoon. It's at 1 p.m. Well, the sun goes down at 4, so it's night to me. (laughs) On December 16th, we have our Breakfast with Santa at Lake Lodge 189. Uh, This is a completely free pancake breakfast. Santa's there, and there's a lot of cheer and fun. It's basically my initiation into being a junior warden. I'm kind of scared. Are you adding sausages to that? No, the the, no, the no, year, okay. The year is only applicable. only for stated, right. only for stated, or Fair else enough. I'm going to lose my mind. Fair enough. I'm just going to follow the playbook. Um, <laughs> so breakfast Santa's coming up. It's a lot of fun. Santa will be there for the kiddos. It's completely free, open to the public. A lot of fun. 
On December 15th, West Dallas Lodge number 291 is having their installation of officers. On the 16th of December, Washington Lodge 1776 number 337 is doing their installation officers. That one starts at 1 p.m. I'll take this over for a minute so you can stop talking. I was running out of breath. Thank God. December 16th, also Oregon Lodge number 151 is having their installation of officers at noon. On December 18th, Daylight Lodge number 358 is doing their installation at 10 a.m. January 4th, Wauwatosa Lodge 18... Well, their number's not right in here. Wauwatosa Lodge is doing their installation of officers at 7 p.m. Oh, hold on. I found another installation of officers. Burlington Lodge, also on December 16th, is having their installation of officers. It's at 3.33 p.m. Is that a 33rd degree reference? I don't know, but it's at 3.33 p.m. according to their Facebook page. Yep. January 6th, South Shore Lodge number 3 is doing their installation of officers at the Lake Masonic Center. However, there isn't a time listed. Outside of that, February 3rd is a day of light down here at Triple I Shrine. So if you have somebody that wants to go through the day of light, please reach out to the District 12 DD Jeremy Koss. That's all I got for events can I, right now. Can I plug an event that's going to be way too early, but I just want to get in people's minds? Sure. On da, 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 January 25th. Lake Lodge is having their annual, 22nd annual, Robert Burns Table Lodge. If you like haggis, you like bagpipes, you like Scottish stuff, boy, do we got an event for you. Also, if you like roast beef, if you're not a fan of haggis, come on out, have a good time. The Robert Burns dinner is always fun. Raffles and all sorts of good stuff. Lots of ceremonial toasts. Honestly, this is the one event at Lake that I look forward to more than any of the others at Lake. And I love our events, but this one, I always have an absolute blast. It's educational. It's fun. There's a lot of brotherly bonding. The ceremonial toasts make you feel like you're connected back to ancient craft lodges or the uh, you know the old school English lodges doing their ceremonial table dinners. Right. Listening to Robert Burns, Bobby Burns, brother Bobby Burns poetry. It's a very cool and fun event. Yep. So and put it in the calendars. This year... Most worshipful past grandmaster Paul Torville will be our guest speaker. For those of you who may have attended the Burns dinner before that, remember the current grandmaster being our guest speaker. When we had to skip a COVID year, we decided to push it back to the junior past grandmaster being the guest speaker, which is kind of fun because we get to hear some more about their uh, year in the Grand East. And it's nice because I feel like. The- Grandmaster, the current sitting Grandmaster, always has so many like speaking engagements and travel to do. It's nice to be like, hey, next year when you have a little more time, you can come in and talk well, to us. Well, yeah, and it's a, it's a little more relaxed for him, I feel like, to do it then. So, Yep, when they have all their uh, all their wisdom from the year about them so they can come and do a nice speaking uh, speech. It's open to entered apprentice, fellow crafts, and master mason. So anyone Bring who is all. a member of our fraternity can uh, come on down. Cool. That's all the events I have. All right. Awesome. Well, this was a, this was a fun one. Let's see when this one comes out. Installation will be about nine days away, so we're going to be getting close to those new chairs. Yeah, we'll do another podcast at the end of our year, being like, "What just happened to us?" <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll probably be riding high. I'll be like, "What just happened?" <laughs> yeah, I have gray hairs from cooking all those weens. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone, you have a great day. Remember to follow us on 
Facebook, Instagram, or X. And also, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, anything you'd like us to talk about, reach out to us about timeforfellowship at gmail.com. Timeforfellowship at gmail.com. Have a good day, everyone. Bye.